I'm here today with Vera and Pavic, and we have not hung out before and just chatted offline. So I'm really glad to have a proper conversation from you. You're coming from The Verge, where you are a supervising producer. And uh, anyway, great to have you on the podcast. That is correct. Hi, how's it going? Good to be here. Great. I, yeah, I think I like saw your video, like first time ever kind of like hearing or seeing you was like, I don't know, five years ago, maybe. But there was like a video that you made about adding an SSD drive, like on the back of your laptop, just like the <laughs> yes. sticky mount or whatever it was. I think I, yeah, I did yeah. mine with like a Velcro uh, and it was like a Samsung unpacked event that I was like, oh, I should do this because I just don't want a hard drive kind of like ha hanging off to the side. Uh, and I think that was like the first time that I like tweeted at you or like tagged you anywhere. We're just like, hey, I'm using your That tip. sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. So here we are finally, finally talking almost yeah. in person. Absolutely. Well, the internet makes everything possible. And before we go in too far, I mean, everybody is familiar with The Verge. Um, they've probably seen you in a few of the videos, but could you tell me and anybody listening a bit more about what you do at The Verge and where they might've seen you around? I was just watching your Final Cut for iPad video the other day. What's your role there? What do you do? Yeah. Uh, oh gosh. Okay. So I've, I've been at The Verge for like uh, seven, eight years or something like that. I occasionally show up in videos, mostly if you like drones, you'll probably find me reviewing a drone or something. And then every now and then just like show up for like a MacBook Pro review or like a video of the processor series that we did with Theater, who's uh, no longer at The Verge. But so like I pop in every now and then and the Final Cut uh, Pro was like the, the last review that I did. But at The Verge now as like a supervising producer, uh, which is like fairly new role, uh, more of a managerial role. So I'm trying not to shoot and host and edit as much as before, but tell people what to shoot, how to edit and <laughs> how to host. Uh, so that is kind of my job, but yeah, I've been, you know, I've been kind of like a, a director for most of my career there. So a lot of filming, a lot of editing, a lot of scripting, editing scripts, um, editing videos. And then I do love to host videos. Uh, I'm like, always afraid of hosting and like putting myself out there if I'm being honest, but there is like a sense of that I get out of it. Yeah. It's really not, it's not, it's not fun, but <laughs> you mentioned like the final cut pro review. I think that one is, uh, that one is like one of those that, that you know, we, we had it under embargo and they're like, Hey, do you want to review this? And Dan Seifert, who's a review, um, uh, reviews editor, he was like, do you want to review this? And we had like a busy week and I was like, sure, I'll do it. And then, it, I realized that this thing will be hard to write about. I should probably make a video first. And it was like right. a Thursday night that I was like, I'm just going to make a video over the weekend. Uh, terrible idea. It was like 20 hours a day of just like testing this thing out and then recording the video and then putting it out there. But um, as far as like people reaching out to me and talking to me directly about the review, like one of the more like influential ones, if I can say that, uh, yeah, it was very interesting that I just like chat with folks who like wanted to know more or just like had their own opinion about it. So, you know, that's a good thing about The Verge. Like there is a reach and people pay attention. Yeah. So there's like a well, set of expectations and yeah. 
when it comes to like modern media companies, I always look to The Verge and, and think of them, think of you guys as being the gold standard for like any visual production. I mean, like the writing is good, the reviews are good, the website is good, but the videos and the photos are always exceptional. And I know that's no accident. I know it's because you guys put an incredible amount of emphasis on doing it well, doing it right, hire, like paying proper professionals that know how to make videos look good because not everywhere does that, you know, like more and more places have people have the writer just shoot iPhone photos and throw that in. But the yeah. extra effort you guys put in is so worth it and definitely shows off. And I think is one of the reasons you're one of the few destination websites that people still, I, I mean, one of the very few websites I still type into the browser every day, right? That there's only yeah. a couple of those and one of them DP review just closed. So, uh, I know, as, you know, hopefully oh, the verge carries on for a long time. Yeah, I hope so too. So far so good. Uh, no, I, I love hearing about that stuff because it is the, the kind of thing that like I always admired about the verge and, a little bit of backstory. So I was before The Verge, I was at Recode, uh, which is, you know, a tech publication. Uh, but it was mostly, you know, more on the business side, more on like the, the startups and the VC world and just like business an analysis. And we had reviews and everything. And Lauren Good was my colleague back then. We both joined The Verge later on. But anyways, during my time at The Recode, <laughs> the, the motto that we had was, be better than The Verge because I was just like extremely jealous of like how well their videos looked and like how well they were yeah. produced. Uh, and, you know, like the team has changed so much. I still talk to like the former, like former Verge video crew. We have like our little chats together and everything. So like we still keep in touch. It is like a little family to be, you know, cheesy. Uh, yeah, nice. But yeah, we kept that kind of like standards and expectations like fairly high um i will say like pandemic and remote work sort of made it a little bit harder uh with like remote production and everything but whenever we can we just like try to go all out on like production quality and everything well there's also a big impact on the actual content as well because you actually push these products further right like uh, same with you know I, I run into your camera reviewer at the sony events and uh, if you're talking about a mac studio there are video editors pushing it hard i know that a lot of the podcasters i listen to like you know that i love in the apple space um you know john gruber or uh, uh jason snell are writers that's their mm. primary occupation so they are often coming to a Mac in a very different way from me, or the way they use the camera on an iPhone is much more casual. But, you know, I'm always interested from the professional perspective of like, no, you have to do a job with this that's going to use every inch of that device. And since you guys are actually like producing content at that level, it gives you um, that perspective that is the one that I'm looking for. So uh, I think that like working at a big media company, like, gives you access to a lot of people who can like help you with that kind of stuff. Like, I think my favorite like reviews that we've done, uh, and I think it was for Mac pro the, the first Mac pro, the, the one where you have to buy an afterburner after the fact, um, those ones, it was fun because you can like get a designer, get a motion graphics person, get a video person, get a photographer, that. get like a bunch of people to like chime in. And like, I love when we do those like 
big reviews when like you just put it out there and like give it to a lot of people, a lot of different perspectives. Uh, those are my favorite ones. So I think we had that one, uh, the studio one, uh, the ultra watch review. It took us like months to get it out there, but I was like, you know what? This is worth it. Well, like, <laughs> can, can I ask one, one question I always wonder when you guys are do when it's iPhone day and you put out the, yeah. usually it's two big I reviews. How many people are working on each of those videos? Like, cause I'm, I'm just there like scrambling to do it either one or, or two or maybe three people. Um, yeah. but you know, in a, in a way I'm, I'm taking most of the burden. How many people do you bring together to work on those? Okay. So that's a good question. Uh, a lot of people are like, I remember like a long time ago, someone took like a screenshot of our end credits and was like, oh, look at these people. They have like 20 it's people like Avengers. working on that. It's like, it was like a long list of people, but like, I mean, the, some people are there by default. Like they're just always <laughs> there. So like, uh, let me, I'm going to have to think about it for a minute. I know that for one year, and I think it was the 13 release. I might be wrong. Maybe it was the 12. Uh, Dieter was reviewing both devices. So I filmed and edited both. And that was right. brutal. That was like, that's a lot. Uh, aside from that, we have like, you know, motion graphic support. Uh, we have copy editors and just like editors. And I'm not talking about like video editors, but like text editors. Sure. Uh, who would, you know, help out with scripts and just like clean up everything ahead of the time. Uh, but when it comes to like filming, it's like one to two. And then usually the main kind of director takes the edit as well. But there's like support mm -hmm. from motion graphics and often there's support from like the audio side of things. So uh, Andrew Marino is our podcast producer who also jumps in and just like mixes our videos when mm -hmm. he's not happy with how they, they sound nice. like. I'm, I'm not good with audio, so well, I love having it. Com Andrew it comes around. out amazing in the end. So congrats yeah, on, but it, on that. It is but like a, it takes a village. But it's a, not, not a massive village. I will say, like, often I'm very surprised that we're able to, like, get stuff out on embargo, which, you know, with Apple, sometimes it's a, it's quite tight of a deadline. It's a turnaround. Yeah, I, I, I've been there. Yeah, um, there's been well, a lot of, like, all-nighters in the office. We have an incredible amount of Apple stuff to, to talk about, so let's kind of get to it. This... Yeah. This is being recorded, you know, after you and I have probably heard most other people's takes of WWDC. I put out my video about it, which was my immediate reaction to it. But um, now we can kind of sit back and having absorbed a lot of what was talked about, I want to go over kind of all the WWDC news and, and what it means. And especially from the perspective of creators, like people that are doing things like we are, especially things like the Vision Pro, you know, what, mm -hmm. what does that mean if you enjoy taking photos or videos? And then let's also circle back towards the end to talk a little bit about Final Cut for the iPad, because it's, it's really big news and there's so much other big stuff that I think it could get kind of like lost or swept under the rug. So let's make sure we actually get to it and cover it as well. Um, but I think the best place to start is with the, the headline of the year, which is the Vision Pro. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm assuming anybody listening to this, you've already seen, you've seen the screenshots, you've seen the specs, like the, the, the information's out there. And um, I don't know, where's a good place to start? Oh man. Yeah. I've, uh, okay. So I guess like my, like one, it's a very exciting 
whenever Apple enters a product category, it's just like, ooh, this is this is big. Uh, you know, a week before, or maybe even a little bit more than that, we had a video go out on, on the main channel um, how iPhone is, well, it was a little bit of a clickbaity title, I will admit that. Uh, iPhone is dead, long live the iPhone. But in the first yep. sentence, we're like, iPhone is not dead. It's literally like a $40 billion uh, business. And I hope I'm getting my numbers right. I'm just spitballing. It's big. But it's a big business. It is a huge business. Uh, so, yep. you know, the video was basically debunking the, the iPhone is dead takes. So, but the iPhone is kind of getting boring. Like, you know, the sure. phones are kind of getting boring. Laptops are, actually, laptops are kind of can be interesting. I think I'm, yeah, I think the I, M they've processors got, they've been like, interesting for the last like two or three years. They got they got more interesting again. But yeah, yeah I know like the form factors it's not shifting quickly like we're not we're not getting any massive changes and we're not expecting any anytime soon. Mm. So it was always like all right, there's like a new category. So, you know, usually September is like the big season and the Apple September event is like the big event and then like after making that video, it was like, damn, I think like WWDC is just like now becoming like the event that I like care about the most, especially with like the Vision Pro. And can I just say I'm so happy that it's not Reality Pro, but if at <laughs> any point during this podcast I say Reality Pro, I apologize <laughs> in advance because it's just like stuck in my brain. But Vision Pro well, is I'll way edit over it. better. Sure. Or just keep it. it. It's also, <laughs> I think it's a good argument for people to pay a little less attention to rumors, which I'm not saying you have to be like me, and I, I kind of try to go into things spoiler-free, which, by the way, was not possible with the Vision Pro. I mean, the rumors were just like everywhere in your face constantly. But I, I do try to go in and experience it somewhat fresh because it's just more fun. Like, it's I, to me, I'm going to find out about it either way. And I think a lot of people set their expectations based on that rumor mill. They're like, well, I thought we were going to get X, Y, Z. And it's like, well, but you never were. Or, you know, like maybe Apple had considered that at one point. But, you know, if you're disappointed because of uh, because a rumor did or didn't happen, it's like, I don't know. I, I just think yeah. it's a very weird measure to to set your mood by. So, um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, that's a, I try not to think about it too much, but yeah, that's, that's interesting. Like, um, I think like, you know, I, I follow the rumors and I try to be like selective about what kind of rumors I consider like good. Yeah. You know, Mark Gurman basically always gets it right. He will not put out something that he's like not worried about it. Sure. Overall, like Apple leaks. Um, I mean, there's a whole business side of Apple leaks, but I think Apple is like still fairly good at keeping it under wraps, right? Like we yeah. all knew it was oh, yeah. coming, but the details were still just like we we didn't know exactly what we were getting into. I, I'm um, just so curious for the day, however many years from now, when we find out what the deal has been with Mark Gurman. Like, not not to spec. I, I gotta want to speculate, but it's weird. Like it is. I mean, it's just, it's an interesting, strange situation and it's been going on for so long. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm so he, curious I mean, to find he, out someday started, what that has been about. Yeah. He started so early on. Like, I will say that like my background is journalism. My background, like coming into this world is more from like journalistic perspective than like mm -hmm. a creator's perspective, I suppose. Uh, so from what I've heard and you know, he's just like ruthless and he's on the phone. <laughs> 
all day long. Right. He has worked a lot to just like get the sources that he can and he's constantly just like calling people and just like working tirelessly. And I think that's kind of it. I don't think there's like much to it's, it, but it, it's yeah, not like his rumors. cousin, <laughs> his cousin's I've the heard, janitor and uh, you know, he's dropped like, I've heard those rumors and I, yeah, I've heard rumors like that too. And I'm like, I don't know. I think he just like works very hard, but yeah, he started like, I mean, he was already a very good Apple reporter from like, very early on he was like young mm-hmm. and everyone was like already paying attention to him uh, right but yeah with that said you know we got the vision pro uh, i got the name right good i don't know i think it is kind of like a weird thing for apple to get into because we've had you know the quest for a long time we had hololens for a long time um oculus and htc vibe those are all kind of like different that's truly more like gaming and vr stuff but you know we had a lot of headset that headsets that you know it's been like probably about a decade i I still have like my oculus dk2 somewhere in this closet but like it's been like an exciting area that kind of i don't know it never really nothing really came out of it necessarily it's been a series of cool tech demos like it's always interesting to spend a little time in there the quest 2 is where i've had the most experience it's um, the best because i have one yeah and it's, it's great what is it it is hundred dollars something like totally. that totally i mean it's a great price and a good a very good product and has a pretty good app ecosystem but in the end i do not spend very much time using it like very you know very little um and, yeah. and when i do it's sort of this like curiosity i'm just like Remember what this is like? Oh yeah, and then I put it on like this. Okay, this is what VR is like, and then I take it back off and I don't go back to it. So now mm-hmm. Apple's obviously hoping this is something different, <laughs> very different from that. And mm-hmm. you know, even before we go too deep on it, I want to. I, I feel like I could, I might start compartmentalizing a lot of my conversations about it, in separating the conversation about the tech like what is you know what is this how does it work how well does it execute on its promises and on the like it almost needs to be compartmentalized and like but is that a good idea do we even want to do that because we usually don't need to when i talk about an iphone like i know the the value proposition of carrying an iphone with me all day i know what it adds or takes away from my life and we understand that very well i Obviously, obviously, none of us really know like what are the positive or negative benefits of this of it really succeeding. Like, uh, it's not one hundred percent clear to me that I want this to be a massive success. That we all this is our working environment now as we go into the office and pop on a pair of glasses, even if they're lighter weight and there's you know better representation of our eyes. Even if all these things improve, the uh, isolated experience of like. You know, I am experiencing something different from everyone else around me. Um, you know, is that that's its own conversation. So, mm-hmm. I guess maybe first let's talk about how well does it work because I I, I, th- I can go like off on tangents longer about is this a good idea? But from right. what we've heard so far, everybody that's tried it says it's fantastic. Like a, a lot of the biggest hurdles to other hardware seems to have been overcome. Um, I mean, I, I I wish I was there. I would love to have tried it myself because apparently it's fantastic. Yeah. So everyone that I've heard talk about it 
and on Twitter especially, especially is just like blown away by like how good it actually is. And, you know, a lot of tweets are like, uh, my expectations were low or my ex expectations were high and they're still very good. I think what you were talking about earlier, like, yeah, there is something like inherently like, oh, this as a gadget is cool. Like technology and it is very good. It looks, it looks kind of funky, but it still looks uh, like pretty good in terms of like the size and you know, the unibody design and the screen and the front, there's like something actually, you know what my favorite thing is the the back of it, like how it stretches and expands and everything. Mm -hmm. I, I love that. That's the type of stuff we didn't see in the leaks anywhere. But anyways, there is right. like a, yeah, the iPhone is like, there was place for it already kind of set the AR VR or spatial computing uh, category is like not something that people have asked for. So it's about like convincing people to like join this thing as a gadget and like what people have been like said about it. Uh, and just to be clear, like I haven't actually had demo with it, which is, I'm not happy about that. But uh, mm -hmm. the demo itself, the pass through, the resolution of the screen, the, the IR sensors for like the controlling everything is the best we've seen on any headset so will that be enough to like convince people that they should like use this like will you use final cut in there which will be supported will you actually use it uh i don't know it really depends like the demos are controlled you know we all know that they're they're about 20 minutes for each person um they're hyper controlled the eyesight is clearly not available yet and that's like the big question mark is this actually going to look good or kind of silly? Uh, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of things that you like. You can get out of the demo and like you can be impressed. But like everyone talked about, like the moment when like someone kind of like walks into your like vision and they kind of appear as like the aha moment of like, oh, this is incredibly cool. I'm curious about like when you when we actually get the review units and we start like using this thing and we can only use it for like up to two hours and. I don't know. There's so many, there's so many questions about like, what does this actually do when mm -hmm. you spend like more time in it? I mean, it has the most, I think it has the best value proposition out of any of these other devices, because if I got one today, I could, I could start, I could use it for like a few hours at a time because the thing that it does is what I already spend my day doing. It just does it in a different environment. Right. I was about to say better, but We'll, we'll wait and see if it's better to to be you know in in a virtual space but you know like i already know that's proven that i need to spend a few hours a day editing in final cut and i can do that right away on day one um which is a that's a huge that's a huge win right there instead of what i think we all expected was a bit of a killer app like what's how is this gonna how is apple gonna change our whole perception of vr because nobody else has been able to do it at 100 they didn't even try to do that so um you know it's going to it already i could see myself using it right away i'm not sure that it'll be a better experience or not but it they did nail down some of those details that have been off with all the hardware so far, you know, having what sounds like, you know, obviously everybody's demonstration was brief, but it sounds like the resolution is basically as good as you can perceive. 
I know once mm-hmm. we've all used it for a while and we're used to it, you know, we'll be able to see upgrades as they come, like especially maybe a little more dynamic range will be visible or, um, you know, there could maybe be more perceived sharpness, but it seems like, or field of view maybe. Um, but everybody seems to say like it's at a point where that is no longer a problem. Same with the latency, you know, the what causes motion sickness most of the time is any delay between what you're seeing and uh, the, the, you know, what you, your, your actions and the reactions from the device. And uh, the way that Alex Lindsay was describing is that it's effectively, I think it was like 83 or over 80 frames per second, which is mm. pretty fantastic. Uh, you know, maybe someday it'll get to 120, but so many of these are getting to the edge of human perception and it's on the version one device. So they, oh, and another thing that's like really, I think even more important that anybody's emphasized, but the way that objects lock into virtual space, everyone's described it as being like perfect. Like, you know, if you put a window over your coffee table, that's where the window is when you come back to it. Exactly. It's in the same spot and you don't see it kind of jittering around and, and moving. And that's been something that I think we've ignored an AR because we weren't doing anything important. Like we knew we were only kind of messing around for a few minutes at a time or playing games. But now that it's a, you know, if you're going to use it for your work life, you, having it really having no distractions by glitches introducing themselves is so important. So I think by nailing down all of these technical requirements in the first version, it's like that is so many of the obstacles. I don't think they need to sell a lot of these for it to even matter in the first like two years. Um, mm-hmm. And they can figure out what it's good for later. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It seems like a lot of like that work was like done ahead of the time, like with the AR kit and the lighters getting into the iPhones and everything like that. What was your like first kind of impression? Like when this thing was announced, were you like, Oh, I'm going to buy this and I can't wait to use it. Or were you like, this is too expensive. I'm going to wait for a couple of years. It's called Pro. There has to be a non-Pro version yeah. of it. Are you excited by this stuff at all? So uh, I'm kind of the I'm kind of the opposite I think of most people that I definitely want to buy the first version and then I feel like I may not buy it for a few years. And and the reason is cuz I don't think I really need it in my life like day to day in my life. Um especially, you know, before it's like proving itself. Um, and, and this is going to be the worst version of it. it. It'll only get better in the future. But, you know, I want to try it for the technical reason. I want to feel that what's the best this experience can be. You know, what what does it look like when Apple puts so much energy and so many resources into something bleeding edge like this? I, I want to know what that's like at the beginning. But do I need yeah. to keep upgrading it after that? I'm not so sure. I, you know, like... That absolutely needs to, that remains to be proven. And that's what I'm more skeptical about. It's And I also mm-hmm. wouldn't, oh, well, I haven't tried it yet. I expect that in my review, I won't be telling most people like, you need to go buy this. Um, I think it will definitely, the first version will be for like serious enthusiasts, people that that, that $3,500 does not look like an obstacle. It's like, well, you know, duh, I'm going to spend that because I want to, you know, I want to be part of this. Yeah, I was hoping it would be like cheaper, but I'm also like, that's <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. I don't know if I'll run out yeah. to buy it yet. Probably gonna play with the review unit while we're like doing the review, and then then we'll see. Maybe I'll just have like an itch that I'm like, oh, I need to have this. Uh, but right. it's quite quite a lot of money. Um, yeah, plus, it is. Who knows what I, Apple what... Care uh, prices will be? Do we know that yet? 
No, I, I definitely didn't see that. And, you know, I also feel like there's a good chance, similar to how I was saying, like, let's not, let's not pay too much attention to rumors. I almost feel like let's not get too focused on every detail that Apple mentioned so far, because I can already see some of them being fuzzy in a way that they could definitely shift by the time it's released. And what I'm thinking about specifically is, do you remember the Safari announcements? Was that last year or the year before? Where there was the fully redesigned Safari. They're like, there's no buttons anymore. There's no text, bar. like, you know, they really stripped it down oh, and the tried I, to- the iOS Safari. With like well, the both the and on with Mac, the, with the, it, your, the URL bar at the it, bottom. It was, yeah, it's when that happened. So that was two years ago, right? I it was at so, WWDC. Yeah. They're like, here's the massive design changes. And that is absolutely not what we got. By the time it was released, they had rethought so much of that. And, you know, a right. lot of the objections really seemed to go to heart. And I don't, obviously, the hardware is not going to be rethought or redesigned. But, you know, I think things like how much. There's been a relatively negative response to, for example, like the 3D Memoji where you scan yourself. It's like, I could see that being integrated in a, like, you know, really kind of minimized or like maybe not available on launch. Maybe that that could come a year later or, um, you know, I'm, I'm coming up with like just spitballing examples, but things that we ha- that people didn't try in the demo really may not be locked in in terms of how they work and might be staggered releases after the hardware mm. has shipped. So uh, I don't think we need to like pre-review based on all the announcements because I just have a feeling a lot of those details will shift. Yeah, and it feels like, you know, they say early next year, and I'm pretty sure they said early next year for like another product. Uh, I can't remember, was it Apple Watch? Maybe, I, no, I don't think it was Apple yeah. Watch. It, it was like something but was it announced could mean like July. early next year. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I have a feeling that it's going to be like first half of the next year. Yeah, me too. Something, you know, it's just like, I guess. So there's still a lot to go. You know, Good Morning America is the only outlet that had, that was allowed to like record a demo or like a person wearing it. And yeah, you know, that was just like everyone else. Strange, yeah, yeah they, they do tend to give like uh, traditional media, so to speak, uh, access to mm-hmm. like, executives and and some more demos uh, every now and then so not surprised to see it but i am surprised to see that they were actually like recording you know uh somebody like doing the demo clearly eyesight is like not turned on on that one and that's the one that i like really want to see because everyone's immediately jumping into Mm -hmm. like black mirror things and i'm glad they're not like memoji eyes that they're like (laughs) somewhat yeah that's what i imagined like just big googly eyes but i know i was uh, yeah like it it would have been pretty hilarious uh, especially if it's like the tracking is not doing well or something uh so i feel like there's still just like too many question marks about like but that's another category yeah i mean even that i feel like i could i'm not predicting this but i could see a world where it just doesn't launch with that like just Mm. because they're like i don't know looks too weird we got too many negative responses we're going to scale it way back or maybe the eyes are much darker than in the example or you know i don't know um Mm. but i I could see them looking at a lot of the response from the public and uh, you know addressing it in some way whatever that would be yeah being being close to the 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 device itself like i will say like i I did notice quite quite a lot of pixels on that front screen you can see them. so I'm, mm-hmm. yeah so i'm curious how that's actually gonna like play out um but yeah from you know, the perspective I... of uh 
Yeah. Yeah. For, so from the perspective of, you know, a creator, wh whatever that means, but, you know, a visual creator, what do you imagine this impacting your, how, like, how, how is this going to change things? Um, like s simple things that come to mind is that obviously there's a camera built into it. Um, I think there was some overreaction a little bit about the perception of what they show in that video that like, oh, dad is taking photos at the birthday party with the goggles on. That's super weird. Take the goggles off to enjoy your family. Um, that hundred, I mean, you know, that might be bad planning for the video by Apple, but there will be cameras for this. They've already, people have said like the immersive cameras are, you know, kind of being built behind the scenes, even though Apple's not talking about it. So mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't focus too much on, I don't think that's really the intent that these are the creation device. They just needed to show it because there's nothing else to show at the moment. They're not going to announce a camera at the same time, but mm -hmm. um, creating content targeted for this, which seems to be more than just 3d videos is obviously something Apple's interested in. Yeah. For, is there going to be an appetite for it? Do you want to make that? I'm not entirely sure. Like, honestly, most of our, like, videos that we make and everything, we're kind of, it feels like we're always, like, rushing to a deadline. And I'm just going to, like, mm -hmm. go back to, uh, you know, doing the things that I'm more most comfortable with and I've proven that I can do them quickly. I don't know if I will be, like, if I can, like, edit on this thing and actually be fast. Like, no idea mm -hmm. like I'll, I'll have to see that like right now when i see this thing like the, the demo that i like the most is just watching movies on a plane i'm like you know what i can see that 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 actually <laughs> yeah. sounds pretty good uh sure that's like the demo that i'm like when mostly excited about i know they're pushing yeah. for it's socially side. acceptable to close yourself off and like everything about it kind of kind of makes sense yes uh, there's I, nothing that, that was me happier part. nothing makes me happier than just like ignoring people and not being <laughs> extroverted so yeah clearly they're like pushing it for productivity but i mean i'll i'll try i'll try it and we'll see how it goes but i can also see myself just like going back to what i'm comfortable with uh yeah that being said like I don't know. At that point, it just becomes like be, at that point, it just becomes like a, a a different iPhone or a different iPad or whatever it is, right. different computer. I'm hoping that you know maybe we do start playing around with in the 3D space and creating content like that. Maybe the iPhone camera is just like completely going to change and like what does that actually mean for like the rest of the Apple's lineup and how is that going to impact like what can you actually do with the iPhone? to create and build things for the vision pro i think that's actually like super exciting you know i've seen some like creators and artists just like playing around with like lidar stuff on older iphones and i was like oh you know what I never thought of it that way and like i've seen some like really really cool cool things so like maybe more creative people already have kind of like a vision no pun intended for the vision well but like what they can yeah i mean some things I can imagine, which I mean, directly applies to us because we review products, is that the format of video creation we do now does not fit this, where there's a lot of different B-roll shots that each look distinct because some are close-ups and some are wide, and you want to put it on a slider or use a gimbal or have you know, quick edits where this is how you see all sides of the product, get a sense of its scale and what it's like in the real world is you know, edits where like there's multiple shots and there's title sequences over top of it. And then we're talking mm. underneath it. None of that makes sense for an immersive video in immersive video review should effectively be like spending time with the person. So I, I think it'd actually be closer to this format to a, po a video podcast format would make even more sense. So, but if I'm reviewing a 
product, I'd be like holding it in my hand and I'd be showing it up to the virtual camera and being like, this is what it looks like. Here's the button that you press. And it would run longer because the edits will be much more jarring to a, you know, if there's like a hologram person sitting in front of you showcasing an object. Um, so you wouldn't want this quick movement and you wouldn't want the camera moving either. The camera would virtually always be static. So mm. th it would be a radically different type of, of edit. And I don't, I also don't think that in a, what I, I think Apple's calling them, they have a name for the video format, even like Apple immersive video. I think that format I'd never see replacing linear movie storytelling. Um, right. it'll become yeah. another, it'll be an alternative. It will exist, but format wise, that is more like a play because you don't want, you don't want the rapid cuts of Mad Max. Like you don't want the cameras, you know, zipping behind a fast and the furious car. Like you're, you would be telling very different types of stories because, um, it, for one thing, when you don't control the viewer's perspective, it's up to the viewer to decide what to look at any time. You can't guarantee that a plot point is happening in front of them. They might completely miss it because this already happens with like the interactive stories that um, right. are on the quest and, and stuff. As you watch them, you need to, they need to take into account that you might miss something or they need to like guide your eye in certain ways. And it's definitely different from, like I say, like a linear story that is what we're used to in, you know, plays and, and filmmaking forever. So, um, mm. there would be, it would be a different format in every way. Mm. Yeah. I, yeah. It uh, makes me think of like PlayStation VR and any kind of like VR things. Yeah. Like you're just like, you, you get kind of like when I was testing it for the first time, I just like wanted to look around and like interact with the world. And mm -hmm. I was clearly not paying attention to like what I was actually supposed to pay attention to. I was like a cutscene, but I'm like trying to like, play with objects and water and whatever and yeah. like you're entirely like missing the point but when you're talking about like review like reviewing this thing and everything i am petrified of like how the verge is actually how we're actually gonna like <laughs> make this look good yeah. and show it to people on a, a yes. 2d screen uh, you know there's clearly no like hdmi out thing on the headset uh well we did we did hear people saying that anybody that got the demo that the other the apple folks in the room were able to view their perspective from ipads so yeah. i think that's so happening like, wirelessly yeah mm -hmm. there's some there it's possible now for them i don't know if it's possible for us but yeah i'm hoping that like we'll we'll be able to just like stream it or you know the battery pack has what it looks like a usb c port i maybe i'm making it up i mean i know i saw a port there so mm -hmm. I think, maybe yeah, there's a way to just right. like put a dongle in there and like do HDMI capture or something. Cause mm -hmm. I don't know if like screen recording off an iPad would be like still it's either that or true to life. I got, I got a probe lens recently, so I might just be putting that inside the eyepiece and that's my, uh, can last I, can resort. I give, can I give a shout out to our former supervising producer, uh, Phil Esposito. He was like <laughs> yeah. the early, like he was on that probe lens. I'm apologizing if I'm like not getting this right, but I'm pretty sure that we were the first ones to like use a probe lens. And it was for the Samsung Galaxy Fold. Uh, oh, I should rewatch it. Still like the best opening shot we ever had. And it's all, all, all down to Phil. So 
Good job. Nice. There. Uh, I love the pro. Yeah. No. Hate using it. I love what actually comes out of it, but absolutely. Well, the hate problem using is it. I need I need a new slider now because of it because I can't. Well, I'm having some issues with my Rhino slider basically as I'm working, and oh, no. it's just it's very it's so sensitive needing to get controlled. Like your controlled movement needs to be perfect, and yeah. I gotta I gotta work on that at the moment. But um, it is what, I, what I want to do is to be like creating the shots that because Apple's using probe lenses all the time in every iPhone commercial and stuff where they're like pushing up and down the screen. Mm-hmm. I like I want to get on that and be doing it way more often. Yeah, it is fun. The F14 is a little bit of a struggle. Like, well, I'm using the the Astra Hori one, and that one's F13, so big big improvement ooh, there. All right, I'll take yeah, that. Yeah, I'll take it. Um, um, or no, or actually, they they also released an APS-C version that is F8. Um, so I did see something recently. Yeah, uh, yeah. We we never ended up buying it. We always just like rented it when we needed it. And right. after like a few, like they did it in New York. Um, just for anyone who doesn't know, like there's there's a New York Verge, and then I am in San Francisco as like an only like producer creator, I guess. Uh, but yeah, once they were like using it in New York, I was like, well, I want that. So like, I got one for like a shoot. I don't even know which shoot it was. I definitely did not use it to the fullest of its potential. Um, but yeah, it was very shaky. And it was like you needed a lot of light, and I was like, you know what, this is uh yeah, you got to work. This for is it. yeah, this is good if you have like a vision. If you just like want to lent uh, rent a lens and just like get some shots with it, I'm like, you, you should do a little bit of pre-producing for that one. Uh, but no, those are extremely fun. Yes. Anyways, I'm like, we'll see. We'll see once like we have like a lot of time to figure out what the review is going to look like, and I really want us to like go all out on it. Um, you know, it's always exciting when just like when Apple joins like a new product category. Here's actually even another a problem for me is I don't know. I mean, well, we don't know when it's coming out, but they've said us only us stores only. I think they said, I don't know if I need to fly there to buy one. I don't know if it means that as a Canadian, cause I, you know, I go through Apple's Canadian PR team Yeah, and maybe that means we'll be neglected in the first round. So I might need to fly to, to, to buy one. I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's kind of weird. Just, like, just I, move to the U.S. for a, a bit. Oh, yeah, or that. Or that, just for the review. Could, could just be worth for it. the review. Yeah, just sublet yeah. somewhere. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'm definitely already thinking about how, how I'm going to talk about it. But then, you know, okay, so we've kind of said it seems like they nailed down hardware as, as closely as they could on this first release. It's going to mm-hmm. work as well as we might hope to expect. Let's yeah. spend a minute talking about if we should be using this thing. Um, you know, uh, I, I've heard from a lot, a lot of normie friends that aren't in the tech world. A lot of the responses are like, this is stupid. Like, yeah, I don't want to, you know, we, we definitely, live yeah. In like we're, we're also becoming like society is becoming more and more isolated as it is. Do we need to push this one step further and, you know, go behind a set of goggles? Um, you know, do what's the feeling of being in a room where you're experiencing something that nobody else is. Cause I know that even playing with the quest Two when other people are around, there is a, there is a tension there that mm-hmm. I don't think would ever go. Well, I don't know. Maybe it'd go away if you're using it all the time, but like it, that makes it's an, um, it's like a absolutely a natural tension to understand that you're closed off from the world and that you are unaware of the people around you. And obviously Apple understands this and that's why they're pushing so far to have it be as transparent as possible, that you understand what's around you and people can tell what you're experiencing to some extent, but it's still, 
it is a solo experience. So I mean, I, I'm not, I definitely can't come to a conclusion until we've tried it, but I just, there is a sense that this is in, in odd experience to be doing all the time in a way that that wasn't really present when Apple announced any of their other big new platforms. Yeah. That, that is like my biggest concern about it. It's like, as you just said, like every other headset, we try like, yes, like some are better, some are worse, but it is fundamentally just like you're, you're by yourself in this thing. And for the longest time, it was very fun to like see people react to VR for the first time. Like, oh, like let's give them a demo of Jurassic World or like a shark in a cave mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And it's like, it's exciting to see people react. And then you're kind of sitting there just like, there's nothing else for me to do. And you're like on your phone or whatever yeah, it yeah. is. There, There is something fundamentally just like, oh, like it's kind of a lonely experience. That being said, like yeah, I, and, I'm in this, I am in this room like all day long by myself working on stuff. <laughs> but, sure. Yeah. But I, I do think there will be a different feeling of people like people will perceive this very differently if they live alone or with people as well, because I think, I mean, I, I don't know. I remember what it was like to live alone and I, I don't anymore, but I would be more willing to just kind of wear it for more extended periods. But just having other people that like are in the other room, but they might, I don't know. It does build mm-hmm. this, like you don't want to be in a different universe than them. Like, you know, you don't want to be in a, a sensory deprivation tank. Um, so you you can always go to the metaverse if you want to <laughs> hang out with people. Yeah. Right. And meet, meet them <laughs> there. There's, there's the, there's that option. Yeah. But no, I do see like, and, you know, in the future, that could be like a mesh network of these things, like working in tandem together to create like a collaborative space, even if it's like in real world, I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. There, there. That that is like a huge obstacle. But I can also see this like truly, you know, they're pushing for this like term of like computing. Uh, what is it? Sorry, spatial computing. And, spatial computing. Yeah. Yeah, and it does feel like you know. Okay, like I do see this thing as like I'm just here in my room, and instead of this monitor, I can have a couple of them spread out in this virtual space, and it's still going to be like kind of my office. Too bad that I can only do mm-hmm. like two hours of work at a time. Also, who knows? Like, what happens when you start exporting a video? Like, does your battery just like <laughs> drop down? Like, how does this work? <laughs> right. I don't know. There's so many question marks about it, but I do see it as like, you know, extension to like my productivity uh, setup, uh, which I still so many questions about it. Or just like, I just want to watch something on a plane. Well, and other applications kind of I can imagine, like, I still. I'm excited about the version. Like everybody said that the eye control and the touching gestures work are, are very effective. Like they've done a great job of having no physical interaction, but it still feels tactile in a way. But mm-hmm. I'm also excited about, I, I would more likely be using it the most still with some kind of input system, at least a mouse and keyboard. But I can also imagine like, do you remember when it was popular to buy those like Photoshop or Premiere Pro editing keyboard covers that would have all the labels of the hotkeys? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. In a like, give me a DaVinci Resolve color grading controller where <laughs> right, you know everything is physical, 
but it's like changing like you have you have a tactile physical controller in front of you but it is kind of like morphing and being relabeled and you know or you know i don't know driver simulations are going to be insane like blending physical controls with an augmented element to it mm. that could be really interesting and but all of this is to say that like i want it to do something more than i'm already doing if it's just that my screen is now it's 60 inches instead of 27 inches or that I have four of them, you know, I'm not sure that's enough. Like it, it, I, mm. I feel like there need to be like, you are actually doing something either faster or better, or just in a way that you cannot in our regular, you know, real life constrained environments. Yeah. Like I, like, I mean, banal example is like using an iPad and trying to like, type on the screen you know like i always found yeah. that like so hard terrible to do. It still it's just it's terrible unless you have like some i think like a yoga book or a lenovo product has just like a, a haptic engine in there so you get a little bit of like a feedback when you're typing and that already is like such a massive improvement on like what mm -hmm. you're like how you can do it so yeah just like you know, I've seen like some videos of like the keyboards in action in there, but I'm still like, I don't know how I'm actually going to be faster like typing this. Like, yeah, you mentioned, you know, writers and reporters, like, are they actually going to file stories from a Vision Pro? That, I don't know. It seems, it seems kind yeah. of painful. Yeah. What, um, what are you gaining? You know? Right. There, 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 yes. The fundamental thing is like, this is fixing no problems. <laughs> like this, this, this gadget is just like, it's fun, but there's like, mm -hmm. there's not like a problem or thing that we're trying to solve here. It's just like, we're, we're it, moving on. I, to I like get like the impression space. by so many of the features that Apple focused on that other hardware manufacturers did not, they show the greatest understanding of all these obstacles that we're talking about. They are trying to address each of these criticisms in a way that I haven't seen anybody else. Um, so, but, but they're, but they still want to be on the, they still want to invent a new platform, right? So they're, they're sensitive to like, well, here's all the obstacles about a, you know, fake reality computing platform. Mm -hmm. Let's try to fix them, but we still want to sell a new product, right? So uh, I think that's part of why they're being somewhat conservative about the feature set. And a lot of the features are focused on that interaction with the real world. So I guess that's, I don't know. I don't know how much more I can speculate for the time being, but I can't wait to yeah. get in my hands. It's truly hard. Um, I don't know. Everything is really just like hypothetical. So like, I'm, I'm in a, like, I'm just like playing different scenarios in my head of like, how to actually use it? Will this work? All that stuff. Uh, I am excited about it. And I think like over the course of like since WWDC, and you know the day of the announcement and second and third day in like the more removed i am from the announcement i'm actually like starting to get it more i'm starting to like understand it and like see the potential for it now i'm not entirely sure if this is just like because the responses from like the 20 minute demos were so good i don't know i think it's i'm still like trying to be like very careful about like well it really is a 20 minute demo in a very controlled environment. Like Apple is always good at just like making those demos. Like they're, mm -hmm. they're very good at it. So once we start putting them in like, you know, rooms that don't have like brightly light, uh, brightly lit surfaces and, you know, just like not perfect 
places, offices that are, it's just too many variables that we just like don't know yet about like, okay, if it works in a perfect kind of scenario, what is, how does it work in like not so perfect places? Simple Uh, example. They're always putting the, the office, the workspace, like the desk was always in the middle of a room, meaning that the walls are far away. Of course, of course I know why they do that. Um, but and I'm sure they have figured out what happens. What when you what happens when you sit at a desk as we typically do, as I am right now, where the wall is only about two and a half feet away from me. That's pretty standard. And I I think even with this kind of device, it will always make more sense to like sit towards a side of the room instead of sitting in the middle of the room is always kind of an odd thing to do physically. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like seeing how is that in in the real world. Um, I, I would and, love to you know, have one, like a. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I just could say one creator possibility that I can imagine and I've already thought about a bit is that I think kind of right away, as soon as they're available, there is an opportunity to do those sort of uh, like, you know, on Instagram, there's been a trend for a long time of just like vibey travel videos of like the, you know, it's just somebody walking on a dock towards an open ocean and it's, it's, there's a beautiful sunset and you just mm-hmm. like kind of watch this, like nothing really happens. People mm-hmm. will be doing that in spatial video captured on these. That will be interesting to, to watch. Like that'll, pre- I think that'll be the first use like UG, popular UGC for this. Um, Cause that's what I'm trying to think about. I'm like what other than, other than like porn, what will people create and want to watch right away like what's the creator story for this and um, i don't know i'm still still giving some thought to that because i you know i i i that's i this is only as interesting as like what can i create with it what can i do with it um if i'm just watching bigger movies that's a much less interesting product like yeah i might I, right maybe it's the best video game experience i can have but it's not the same kind of product as to me like you know i'm going to spend a lot more money on a camera than i will on uh, a video game, you know, like the creating stuff to me is like the, that's what like gets me excited and energized about life. So um, there's going to have to be an interesting creator story for me to really go very far mm-hmm. with it. Yeah. I can see the travel videos uh, doing well as you know, I don't know. As soon as you mention that, I can, I don't like, know how you share them, them but <laughs> yeah. I, like, unless you're in there, right. Like, yeah, I immediately thought of like, Oh, there's like someone's, legs and then they like pan out to like a beautiful kind of yeah, like right. sunset scene and i'm like well i can now control my painting with my head <laughs> i guess right i don't know it, it, um, it'll be yeah it'll be interesting i haven't really thought about like what can i actually like make with this thing but it does kind of like the possibility of it and like you know i think ultimately this is like a good news for like every other kind of vr ar platform as well like once apple joins the market I yeah it'll start it changing it'll push it forward and um yeah, I'm expecting to see just like I'm expecting for like other folks to kind of like open up my eyes a little bit more about like the possibilities of what we can do with it. Uh, but right now, I do think it's kind of going to be like an extension of an iPhone for like a couple of years, uh, and then things are just going to slowly kind of fall into place. I think Apple is good at like building out these things; they can kind of like come together at a some point. And I'll make it work, which I'm surprised that like Memoji wasn't as prevalent there, but you know, it's fine that we don't care about that. Yeah. 
Well, and I, I still want to hit a few more of the announcements because there was a lot. Um, obviously, yeah. this will be much faster. But w- one one last thing before we move on regarding the, the camera and the capturing. I keep thinking about that everybody that watched the demo saw mm-hmm. an NBA game mm-hmm. that um, could, people could know what that game was. And is there no record of that? Like, people must have had other cameras at that game could we find Apple capturing the moment that people saw in the demo? Because I keep imagining this. I'm like, I'm not going to put the effort in to track that down. But it, they must have been in public. They were courtside at an NBA game with this new camera. I'm going to need and you to send me. it had to be visible. Okay. So here's how. Uh, so just as like a background. Uh, so we do, you know, we do supercuts of events. We basically like trim them out and like make them summarized. We do like Twitter breakouts, like when the announcements happen and like we post videos online. So, uh, my job during, like I wasn't in the audience watching the announcement. I was managing those things remotely. Mm -hmm. So there's like a good amount of things that I have missed. So when you said that NBA game, I thought you were talking about like, Oh, there's a person playing NBA 2K through mm. Apple Arcade with a PlayStation 5 right. controller, and it's Golden State Warriors versus the Celtics. Go Celtics. Um, I don't know if I know what you're talking about. Are you going to need to send me a time code, and I want to do some <laughs> investigative journalism? Sure. Here. Well, I I don't want to be responsible for... I'm no Mark Gurman here, so I'm not going to be responsible for the leaks, but... If you listen to enough people that have gone through this demo, you'll find them dropping references to the players that were oh, involved the and, and the Got teams. It. And yeah, the, sorry, in the demo. So this was the hands-on experience. They're saying it starts off with Alicia Keys. There's a music th- segment. A dinosaur comes out. And there's a real-life NBA spatial video that was captured with the Apple spatial camera. Um, I want to know what okay. it looks like. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to a few folks that uh, have actually yeah, let me know. chance to demo it. That is, yeah, I completely missed right. That like part. it's that's the thing. Okay. It's a 360 camera, so it could not have been like covered or hidden. It had to just be out at a very public sporting event. Yeah, I mean, people will probably walk by it and think it's like, oh, it's just like a 360 rig. I bet it, <laughs> it's a, it's I bet a it GoPro just Max. Looks like a 360 camera. Yeah. yeah, I bet it looks totally bunch of lenses on all sides. I'm sure it doesn't look strange. Yeah. Um, okay, but let's quickly touch on a bunch of computers here because they're actually very exciting. This is like way more practical than talking about the Vision Pro yes, right now. This is the stuff because that I can like take advantage of. Kind of, it soon. was it was a great WWDC. Like without the Vision Pro, all these things. Not okay. Not every single thing. Some there's some letdowns, but for the most part, we got some good news. Let's start with very good news. Was the 15 inch MacBook Air? Um, yeah. As soon as I had the the smaller one, uh, my first video I was like, "Well, this is amazing. I want this to be 15 inches," and now it is. That that's like the whole change. It's a bigger screen, and that's gonna sell like hotcakes. So great news. Yeah, I mean, I think it like I'm surprised that it took so long to get a 15 inch version of a MacBook Air out in person. It is incredibly thin. Like, it's just like, oh, this is so nice when it's like spread out. And you know, MacBook Air is the best. I don't use it though. I mean, I, I'm always like personally when I'm like buying a computer, I will most likely go with something that has a fan just in case. I will say like my yeah. my M1 uh, Pro is kind of like struggling recently uh 
don't know. Battery software. Um, honestly, mostly about like the battery life, um, seems like, okay. So I have issues with battery. I'll I'll figure that out. Mm -hmm. We're down to like 85% of its battery health, which I'm like, Ooh, that's kind of low for how how old it's been. Uh, my left speaker completely kind of crapped out. So I had to, (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I had to balance like 70, 30 onto my right side now, which is like not great when you're like, have to review work from your colleagues. The, the, sorry, I just like went off to like talking about my MacBook Pro. Uh, I would still like pick a Pro for like my everyday kind of, you know, machine. Sure, me too. Yeah. The 15-inch the Air is like, oh, it's a great size because I, I think that the 16-inch MacBook Pro is massive. It is so large and it's so heavy. And I know I can't believe I'm like saying that because I like I grew up with like a lot heavier 17. laptops. <laughs> yeah, like I, yeah. I've had like massive apple and other like pcs that were just so huge but uh, i think like 15 for an air is perfect uh honestly like the most exciting thing that happened to me in like the last few years is like the introduction of the m chips i think it like completely changed the way that i do work um uh, with the battery life with with how just like smooth everything runs uh you know the rosetta emulation itself just like worked so well like so much better than like when you know surface uh microsoft service did the arm architecture it was so hard to like emulate apps i think apple did it so well there like it truly the thing that like changed my like productivity and like the way that i do work is like the m chips it completely just like changed everything like when we're at events like wwdc and i have to like edit a video in like an hour like on an Intel MacBook, I basically drained that battery immediately. On this one, I'm like just tossing warp stabilizers, doing color, adding effects, doing a little bit of tracking on the side, and just like, oh, and this is completely fine, and the fan hasn't kicked in yet. Everything is going like that's the thing. Like the end process, like the thing that like changed how I do work. Um, mm-hmm. The MacBook Air, I can like see a lot of people being able to just like do most of their work there and we're going to talk about the yeah. ipad soon as well like i see a lot like that's that's what i meant like earlier when i was talk, talking about like apple kind of just like built these things that they all kind of come into place and like they all just kind of like fall into where they're supposed to be and i think that like you know final cut 7 was amazing then they made a 10 we were all very angry about it and then over the course of the time i'm like well final cut is running really good on mac machines and now it's also running like very good on many Macs and iPads and whatever. Um, yeah. So they always like build build out that kind of like vision, I suppose. Um, so yeah, MacBook Air is awesome. I will never buy it, but a lot of people would be just well, like, it, yeah. Often it's been this thing, this clear division of like, if you're a professional. You buy the the MacBook Pro, and you know if you're a, maybe a writer or a more casual user, then you buy the MacBook Air. I think we're mm-hmm. now at a place, especially with the larger screen, where there are a lot of uh, imaging professionals that 100% could get by with the 15 inch and might be better off. So you and I, being more video focused, yeah, you know, probably not. Uh, but we're also dealing with heavier video files where we, you know, they're coming from proper cameras they're always 4k they're going to have LUTs and warp stabilizer applied 
if people are shooting primarily for social media on their phone, Final Cut is, and and Premiere and DaVinci are fast enough that you don't you don't need the Pro anymore. Like you 100% can do iPhone yeah. footage on any of those for you know shorter edits if there's not too many layers being stacked not too many effects like you can do a lot and photographers you know most normal photographers aren't doing crazy focus stacking or huge hdr panoramas and all that that's the stuff that requires the pro but at this point a typical m2 chip can comfortably run lightroom or capture one 50 megapixel files blast through them no yeah. problem sadly there's no uh, sd card reader but like Real professionals, one hundred percent, could be using this fifteen-inch. The biggest thing you'd be missing is well, the card reader and the screen because it doesn't have that insane HDR screen of the pros. But yeah, the XDR is like it's so nice. It's it's very true. Yeah, um, yeah, it's good. I I think that like yeah, what you're saying is absolutely correct. Like with photos, I, I you know I haven't had an issue with like editing photos for like the longest time. But then again, going mm -hmm. back to like the M processor, and there's like there's a ProRes engine for it. That is incredible. Like it actually work, works super well. Like you can just like toss yeah. ProRes footage, and you know you're good. Like it's it's amazing. It truly just like changed how I do my work. Um, do you shoot ProRes or is that over? I do not shoot ProRes. Neither because yeah, no, the, the <laughs> yeah the space is more expensive than the time. It might save me, but the thing is, since the M transition. H.265 or, you know, HVVC or whatever, all these other formats are, they run smoothly. I, I don't encounter major issues with them um, on any of my hardware. So why would I take up twice as much space, you know, unless I was, unless I was shooting raw, if you are capturing or, you know, maybe you're shooting ProRes 444 or HQ and then you, you know, if you're shooting on an, an Airy camera, you could bring more dynamic range out of it, then it makes sense. But like, just if you're not getting an image quality advantage, there's no reason to do it anymore. Yeah. Or switch to Resolve. I mean, you don't have to switch to Final Cut. Resolve are is you, a lot closer yeah, to what, what Premiere what is like. Using? What are you using? Now? I use Final Cut. No, I've been like on Premiere like most of my life, but you know that like for work, we have like essential graphics. We have stuff built out through After Effects. Uh, our templates basically were just like premiere adobe stuff for the longest time and like you know business accounts for adobe for my personal stuff when i'm like playing around and like doing like drone stuff and whatever uh i use final cut because i just like don't want to lose that kind of like you know final cut muscle memory uh but yeah everyone is switching to davinci and this might be actually no i'll let you segue when you want to uh but yeah everyone is kind of <laughs> sure. like using davinci and i am like very tempted to like try it out more um i think there's much more there, there's more reason there's more differentiation between final cut and resolve like there, there's a reason i choose resolve over final cut whereas the the feature set between premiere and resolve is much more similar and much it's a much more similar experience and mm. resolve is just winning at that race it's similar to in cameras i've always not paid attention to nikon because canon has been my my brand and they've always been neck and neck and so similar but then when sony came along it was very different from canon so that's why i started using sony more often fuji is totally different from sony and canon and you know like i, I i'm interested in experiencing like di very different work environments so the more close they are the less i care 
Premiere mm. doesn't really offer me anything over Resolve. So that's why to me, like Resolve definitely offers things Final Cut doesn't. Final mm -hmm. Cut offers like simplicity and ease of workflow that Resolve doesn't. So that's a good reason for me to keep using both. So um, and yeah, I'll before, spend, before we go yeah. all the way to Final Cut for iPad, I do want to also hit on Mac Studio. You're mentioning the uh, ProRes engine in it. And so something I just learned about the new Mac Studio, or sorry, this specifically about the M2 Ultra. So very, <laughs> maybe a little more niche even. I didn't notice in the announcement, but that the it now allows the media engines to work in parallel. Whereas on the M one ultra, we weren't getting as big of gains as you, as the math would have implied. It's like, Oh, it should just be double everything. Everything should be twice as fast, but the mm. media encoders wouldn't work on the, they didn't, they weren't optimized to work on the same file together. So sorry, you could use them in parallel, but with different files. So if you're exporting, you know, a 4k file and a 10, 1080 file, those would be handed off to each media engine, but they couldn't both work on the same export at the same time. And that's been optimized with the M2 Ultra. So uh, mm -hmm. now we are going to get like massive gains on uh, anything that is, you know, one task can be handed off. Anyway, I didn't see that in the keynote. Yeah. I was like super excited when I found that out. Okay, that is good news. I, w I wanted to ask you because I do love gear and software and everything. Um, you are very like, meticulous about coloring i like see you on twitter posting like which one looks better and i'm like they all look pretty damn good <laughs> look the same. like and not to say but like i can go either way but like you kind of have like a style and everything and, and honestly like i love the look of like your stand-ups and everything and just like coloring i think like they look amazing are you mostly oh, in da vinci when it comes to color because i feel like most people try to like or are you sticking to it's uh, too clunky to move back and forth um I, on, yeah. like i find the handoff just it's not worth it for for standard youtube videos so i've done it for like one or two travel videos that had just a lot more pretty b-roll now i wanted to go more mm -hmm. in depth with the grade but my workflow for most of the videos you're seeing is that i take footage from that camera in a studio environment i grade it in davinci export a lut and then pull the LUT into Final Cut Pro. So I've created it, you know, a, oh, okay. uh, yeah. like a clean average version of the look. And then I just keep using that for a while until I want to dial it in a bit more or I get a new camera. Then I go back and eventually create a new look, bring it over into Final Cut Pro. Um, mm. because it's, it's just much faster to work than Final Cut and the basic tools, like the color wheels. I mean, I think they work exactly the same. I don't, I don't think there's like a, yeah, the color wheels and eventually it's a pretty basic tool and i think they're both operating in the same way so as long as you're not going further down the road like as soon as you need masking or tracking or you you know the magic mask is insane in davinci or the stabilization mm -hmm. all that stuff is way better but i don't need that for most youtube videos i want it to come to final cut i would use it if it was there uh, but it's not worth switching or um using two pieces of software for every youtube video mm -hmm. so everyone swears by right that everyone swears by like the coloring in davinci but I, don't know, I, I tried a little bit and played around with it a bit and I'm like, unless you have like a end goal or a vision and like know what you're going after, like these tools are pretty interchangeable and <laughs> like you can, you can achieve what you want as long as you know what you want. Totally. But the big, the really big stuff that Final Cut needs to cap, catch up with, in my opinion, is color management in general. Um, yeah. Finding the transform meaning like you know going from log to 709 
that looks good for your camera is like just this scavenger hunt. Like we're all just looking at other creators and seeing what LUTs they sell and downloading plugins and like, you know, how do I make my Sony footage look like Alexa footage? And mm -hmm. it's all this like experimentation. I'm like, this is not the way it should be. And in Resolve, it has like proper color management where you're like, this is the camera I shot. Trans, it turns that all into a Rec. 709 space. And then as you're grading it, it's like the order of operations is correct. So you're maintaining all that dynamic range. When you do it in Final Cut, you need to like work around a bunch of that stuff. You need to go find those LUTs that work for you or create them in Resolve. It's not native to the program. So you can get there, but I think a lot of people don't spend enough time to find all those workarounds in Final Cut. And um, it's just uh, like Resolve's yeah. approach is the right approach. Like they're just, it goes so much deeper. I was about to say, like you spend way more time on this than I do. I'm like, oh, this not this not working. <laughs> I, I, I right, do let's move on. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, all right, let's well, move huge on. Let's thing, find something easier. <laughs> another big one is noise reduction. Is actually like excellent in in Resolve. The built-in okay. noise reduction Resolve is better than any third-party plugin, and it's bad in Final Cut. Like it's, I, there's no point. Like just don't. Don't ever try it. It's not good enough. Um, it, and that's honestly, frustrating, right? Yeah. I stopped using any noise reduction or anything, mostly because, uh, at least in, in the past, I don't know if anything has changed much. It really would slow down. Like, noise reduction, yes. whenever I would try to do it, it was just, like, not worth it. Like, So, yeah. It's still, maybe, the, it, that's, like, the benchmark I'm going after when I first test a new machine. I'm like, how is it no with noise reduction in Resolve? Because it does. It slows everything down but it works really well in there. So I still okay. play with it. I got to play around with it more for sure. Um, also, let's just touch on the Mac pro. Cause I feel like basically, I mean, I don't know what happened. I think that the Mac pro we got, which for anybody that hasn't seen is basically the Mac pro we already had, but now it has an M2 chip in it. Um, yes. I think that they planned ultra, for something. It is an ultra yeah. inside of a Mac pro body which is beautiful the cheese grater la 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 i actually like how it looks <laughs> yeah no i love the design i mean i do i think it's fantastic i just think it's not bringing that much to the table and i have a feeling they have either had a more ambitious plan or still have one and are haven't told us about it yet um that better integrates m2s or has like a better more compelling story or some some story with graphics cards i don't know what that even could possibly be but the fact that there's that many available slots but you can't use gpus in it um you know i get the people this is for which is now like we use the word pro i throw that around meaning maybe you and i this is like pro 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 now this the is, mac pro is, is for james cameron pro. you know yeah, yeah, this is this is it is a little bit outside of like my uh, yeah for what I needed to like I'll and not that. just the price <laughs> even even right. if it was the same price as the Mac Studio like I I don't need what this is right now unless I filled it with hard drives which would be nice but I, pro I probably still wouldn't anyway I mean Mac Studio right now that is the Mac Pro um, effectively for for all of us mm -hmm. so um, it's kind of yeah it makes the announcement kind of weird. The, but hey, Mac Studio is great, so that's the good news. Yeah, I think like the studio itself is like probably just makes so much more sense. I always wanted to like see if I can get away with like a Mac Mini, but I think Studio is like really the sweet spot. Personally, I'm still just like running off of like a laptop plugged into a display, and I'm like, this is still fine. I'm totally okay with it. Like, 
the thing that slows me down is like my NAS is slower than anything else. So I don't know. Like you can you can put a lot of storage and also a lot of memory on the Mac Pro, but it, it you know it hasn't been a computer that I've like paid too much attention to because I like never really needed it for like what I actually need to do. Whichever M chip anybody's using is adequate for most tasks right now. So yeah, there definitely is just like less demand on, on what we purchase. Yeah. Um, I mean, it must be a breeze. Like what is it? The, uh, like how much unified memory is it like 190, uh, 192 yeah. gigabytes of unified memory for the Mac pro, uh, and the Mac Studio, <laughs> and the Mac Studio, <laughs> which okay. which I don't know what I would do with it, but I'd still right. love to have it. And like even with the PC um, PCIe slots, I'm like, cool. Like Marquez is extremely excited about it, as he mentioned in like his podcast. I'm like, all right, good for you. I I still don't have like a use case for it yet. Um, so the big the big last thing we left is the Final Cut for iPad. Um, which, yes. you know, I don't think we have to fully rehash. It's just like we've been sitting with it for a little while. Um, do you feel like you're going to use it? Is it going to be part of your workflow or is it a bit of a novelty? I think it can be part of my workflow. Like the thing about it is that I really wanted to love it because I genuinely like love the iPad. Like I think iPad was like, oh, it's a bigger iPhone for the longest time. And, you know, to bring it full circle, I think the Vision Pro is just going to be like, oh, it's an extension to an iPhone, same way the Apple Watch was when it came out. Finally, we're like hitting the Apple Watch as its own computer phase. Um, we've been there for a few years. But for the iPad, like I'm finally like, when DaVinci came out, when Capture One came out, uh, I was like, yeah. oh, cool. We're finally getting apps that I use. I love Capture One. I'm like, ah, I can't mm -hmm. use it on an iPad. That my personal one was the uh the 2019 ipad pro so like i couldn't actually use any of those apps so that was like ah well that's a that's a yeah, bummer right. in theory yeah right like ipad you know that 2019 ipad so i had it for such a long time and it aged so well like everything was like running so well on it it's still just an ipad and it was working well and then when the m chip started going on ipad i was like who needs that but now apps are joining that ecosystem and it's yeah. making more and more sense. I just love the feeling of like editing on a slab of a screen on a on like the yeah. best screen out there. It like the the iPad screen is beautiful. It is amazing. So that experience of like editing photos and videos on it, I really 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 wanted to love it. And with the pencil and everything, like I truly wanted iPad uh the final cut I truly wanted Final Cut Pro to be like better than what they have shipped. The layout is beautiful. It works. It, it doesn't feel too crammed. Like things kind of like move around and you can adjust it for what you need. But so many things are missing. And and as like a disclosure that like I should have talked more in the video about uh, that I haven't spent like too much time in LumaFusion like I did years ago because it was the only option that we have. Uh, and then I haven't spent enough time in DaVinci Resolve. Since the iPad, the Final Cut uh, review, I spend more time in DaVinci for iPad. And I'm like, okay, like that is clearly far superior than what Final Cut is doing on the iPad. Well, 
So I don't, I don't think it's so clear cut. I think it is. I think resolve is more sophisticated. Like it's more, that's not the right word either. It is more uh, powerful. It definitely has more in it. It is basically the desktop app in many ways, Mm -hmm. but I do think Apple was very thoughtful about like, well, what do you want to do on an iPad? Um, and refactored the interface in more interesting and useful ways to optimize for that work environment. So it means we ended up with less features, but I think it also makes more sense on a touch device than Resolve does. That's true. Like I, I, the the touch side of things is like they, yeah. they got it. I was like, this is really yeah. nice. Like it's nice to use. Like with a pencil, I actually like love it. Uh, just like the idea that I can like sit back on my couch and like, oh, let me just pull out my iPad and like do some editing. Um, how far can I get that edit? Like, mm-hmm. how well, far can I get I think with maybe, that edit? Uh, maybe the biggest limitation too, uh, like the thing that'll keep me from really taking on any of these pro workflows on the iPad is the challenges of moving files around. Um, yeah. You know, like, you know, the, the in and out isn't super fast. It's not super convenient. Uh, you have to store the videos locally for Final Cut for iPad. Moving the projects to the Mac works, but you know, if I have to do that, then like kind of, am I saving anything by working on the iPad in the first place? And this also even goes for all of the, the photo tools as well, you know, working in, um, in, in Lightroom or capture one, they've both done their best to offer solutions, both cloud storage or uh, Mm -hmm. there's all these ways to do it, but it's ultimately like, you know, image creation involves lots of huge files and there isn't a great answer to that still on the iPad that, mm. um, you know, so, so often it ends up still being like, it's a place for me to play. Uh, you know, if I'm on the go and I just like, I'll toss some photos on there and just kind of experiment with them. But, uh, it still probably isn't what I'm going to sit down and edit my videos on. Um, even as much as I do on my iPhone, because on the iPhone, there's a really clear distinction. It's in my pocket. I already have it mm-hmm. with me. So, you know, I'm making all sorts of compromises in terms of the interface, but the trade-off is huge because I don't have anything bigger than my pocket. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas the iPad, it's like, well, it's only half the size of my 16-inch MacBook. Uh, you know, it, that's that's very different from the phone. So I'm probably still at the point where I will always either use the phone or the Mac, I think where this would make more sense is like, um, uh, what's the word for them? Content creators that don't consider themselves video, like people that are, you know, shooting more on the phone. Um, so, right. they, you know, maybe the content's already there in their iCloud. The files aren't as big. They don't need to worry about log transforms. They don't need to worry about separate audio track. Like there's a lot of complications that many people don't need to worry about. And for them, maybe it is a better experience. So during this entire review process, like the thing that I kept asking myself is like, am I getting old? Am I missing the point right. here? That was like my biggest concern. Like, you know, there's, I'm always like nervous to like publish something. It's normal. I right? mean, the I answer in my normal. case is yes. Like I, I, I know I'm getting old. I know I am. Is that the, some, <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, no, like, and you know, I like, I did the thing, like I edited, I, I'm like editing on the iPad. I'm, taking notes on another iPad about what I'm experiencing. 
And then at one point I was like, okay, am I just like old school creator or editor or whatever you want to call me? I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. That, that was like a thing that I was like battling throughout that like review process. I'm like, am I like clearly like missing the point here? Is, is Am I just like completely in the wrong? But I can see like, yeah, what you're saying is just like, um, you know, if there's like a decision to be made, if I'm going to bring like a, a laptop or an iPad to whatever I'm doing, like, and I think that I'm going to do some video editing, it'll most likely be a actual laptop. So I shoot yes. with, um, so I'm going to go back to a point that you made about like photos too. So to just like give a little bit of context about like my workflow on the iPad. So Capture One, I only started using because I primarily take photos with a Fuji and Capture One just like takes care of the the, the, the Fuji sensor better than Lightroom. There are plugins, I, they're good, but I mostly like just kept it on um, Capture One because of Fuji. And then my Lightroom is all drone photos. That's the one that I have like synced up to a cloud. And that's the one where I'm like, oh, it's smart preview. It's not like a full raw file, but it's still easy enough for me to like take an iPad and just like brush in with a pencil, like zoom in with my hands. And I like love to edit photos on an iPad. Um, So that's like my first kind of like use case for it is like for the photos, I like sort of have a, system there for like videos it does feel like it's like a first pass it's like i'm gonna do just the assembly just syncing up some footage i'm not gonna worry about color right now because one if it's for fuji i don't have the log uh conversion right yeah they don't have it built in yeah there's like there's like a couple of cameras that are just like clearly missing from that list uh and for me it's like it just happens to be both fuji and like dji and like GoPro and I love shooting with a GoPro. Uh, there's like every camera that I that I personally own is like not supported in the Final Cut and it's just like it's just so painful. Um, yeah, I really wanted it to just like be a little bit more powerful and that's again I come back to just like the struggle that I had about like am I just am I just getting too old? Is this what people actually want? I know this is what I want, but um, maybe I should just go to CapCut and call it a day and that's it. <laughs> I mean, CapCut like is also lead. pretty great, but it's, yeah, it's I don't know. I feel like we got to, I have to kind of wait to see other younger people than me show me if this is the future or not. I don't know if I'm even the right one to decide for it. Yeah. But, I'm um, like surprised by like the, the little things like, yeah, there's no way to like do the custom LUTs. Uh, I, I don't even care about like less necessarily. I just want like the, I just want Rec 709 and that conversion. That is, that is it. Like, yeah. That'd go a that long has way. been a struggle. File management has been a struggle. Uh, I shoot a lot on a slider. I believe you do too. Like I need that warp stabilizer, or man, like I, I just need stabilizer. Yeah. Uh, it's it's not there. So it really is like, no. hey, I'm it's, just gonna do an assembly of a timeline and then like move it on to another thing. And that right. is it. And is that and the most we can do right now? Yeah. It feels like it is. Well, has anything changed since the review? I haven't actually like played around with it more. Just no, just the Mac version was updated to support it, but there are plugins now so that you can move files, projects back and forth from the Mac back to okay. the uh, iPad with third party support. So um, it's not that. everywhere, but yeah, That's yeah, it's, it's not bad. I don't know. Uh, ho- hopefully, we have 
a bright future ahead of us with it. But um, I'm just about, I think we're just about to run out of time here. So I'm going to have to say goodbye. But uh, again, thanks so much for coming on, Fearin. And where can people find you online? Oh, gosh. Uh, honestly, whenever people ask me that, I'm just, just go to the youtube.com <laughs> slash The Verge. That's pretty much it. But uh, I've been very I'm bad. I'm sure they're already going up. there. I hope so. Uh, I've been pretty bad with like keeping up like my personal social media. But like if you want to follow some of my photo and like personal stuff, it is uh, on Instagram. Uh, V-J-E-R-A-N-P. Uh it's a unique name, so as soon as you type in VJE, I should probably pop up. As <laughs> They'll like find you. Top, yeah, like my SEO is pretty strong if you know how to spell my name. There you nice. go. Nice. It's a real uh, advantage. But no, thank you for having me. I like I followed your work for a while. I loved like the look and like the kind of like the, the calmness that you have and like your approach to everything. Um, and yeah, as we like discussed, like you are meticulous with like the things that you do and like selection and everything. And I. And yeah, it's always it's always fun to like watch your videos. I'm glad you're doing the podcast here as well. Mm-hmm.